Hello, this is Father John Arthur, or Associate Pastor at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is our 65th installment, Man and Woman, He Created Them, A Theology of the Body. The 133 presentations prepared by Pope John Paul II for the years 1979 through 1984. We are indebted to Professor Michael Waldstein, whose edition we are using. You are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Matthew chapter 22 verse 9. Christ said to the Sadducees, who, rejecting faith in the future resurrection of the body, had presented the following case to him. There were seven brothers among us. The first married and died childless, leaving the widow to his brother according to the Mosaic law of the Leverite. The second did the same, so also the third down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection, then, of the seven, whose wife will she be? Matthew chapter 22, verses 25 through 28. Christ answers the Sadducees by stating at the beginning and at the end of his answer that they are quite wrong because they know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. See St. Mark, chapter 12, verse 24, St. Matthew, chapter 22, verse 29. Since the dialogue with the Sadducees is reported, in all three synoptic Gospels, we should briefly compare the parallel texts. Witness to the power of the living God. Although it does not refer to the bush, Matthew's version, Matthew chapter 22, verses 24 through 30, agrees almost entirely with Mark's, Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 25. Both versions contain two essential elements. One, the statement about the future resurrection of the body. Two, the statement about the state of the bodies of risen human beings. These two elements are also found in Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 36. The first element concerning the future resurrection of the body is joined, especially in Matthew and Mark, with the words addressed to the Sadducees that they know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. This statement deserves special attention because in it Christ points to the very basis of faith in the resurrection, to which he had appealed in answering the question posed by the Sadducees with the concrete example of the Mosaic Law of the Leverite. Without any doubt, the Sadducees treat the question of the resurrection as a type of theory or hypothesis that can be refuted. Jesus first shows them a mistake in their method. They do not know the scriptures. And then, an error of substance, they do not accept what is revealed by the scriptures since they do not know the power of God. They do not believe in the one who revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush. It is a very significant and a very precise answer. Here Christ meets men who consider themselves experts and competent interpreters of the scriptures. Jesus responds to these men, the Sadducees, that mere literal knowledge of scripture is not enough. Scripture is, in fact, and above all, a means for knowing the power of the living God, who reveals himself in it, just as he revealed himself to Moses in the bush. 
In this revelation he called himself the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and of Jacob, of those, therefore, who were the ancestors of Moses in the faith that springs from the revelation of the living God. All of them have been dead for a long time. Nevertheless, Christ completes the reference to them with the statement that God is not God of the dead, but of the living. One can only understand this key statement in which Christ interprets the words addressed to Moses from the burning bush. If one admits the reality of a life that does not end with death, Moses's fathers in the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are living persons for God, for all live for him. Luke chapter 20, verse 38. Although according to human criteria, they should be numbered among the dead. Correctly rereading scripture, and particularly God's words just quoted, means knowing and welcoming with faith the power of the giver of life, who is not bound by the laws of death which rule over man's earthly history. It seems to be in this way that one must interpret Christ's answer given to the Sadducees about the possibility of the resurrection according to the version of all three synoptics. The moment was to come when Christ would give an answer to this question by his own resurrection. Meanwhile, however, he appeals to the testimony of the Old Testament by showing how to find in it the truth about immortality and resurrection. In order to find it, one must not stop at the mere sound of the words, but go up also to the power of God revealed by these words. The reference to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in that theophany granted to Moses about which we read in Exodus chapter 3 verses 2 through 6 constitutes a testimony that the living God gives to those who live for him, to those who, thanks to his power, have life, even if, according to the dimensions of history, one would have to number them among those long dead. The full meaning of this testimony, to which Jesus appeals in his dialogue with the Sadducees, could be gathered, still in the light of the Old Testament alone in the following way. He who is, he who lives and is life, constitutes the inexhaustible fountain of existence and of life, just as he revealed himself at the beginning in Genesis. See Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Although due to sin, bodily death has become man's lot, and access to the tree of life, this great symbol of Genesis, was denied to him. See Genesis chapter 3 verse 22. Nevertheless, when the living God enters his covenant with man, Abraham, the patriarchs, Moses, Israel, he continually renews in this covenant the very reality of life, reveals again its prospects, and in some way opens up again the access to the tree of life, together with the covenant, a share in this life whose fountain is God himself, is given to the same human beings, who as a consequence of breaking the first covenant had lost access to the tree of life and in the dimensions of their earthly history were subjected to death. Christ is God's final word on this subject. In fact, the covenant established with him and through him between God and humanity 
opens an infinite prospect of life and access to the tree of life, according to the original plan of the God of the covenant, is revealed to every man in its definitive fullness. This will be the meaning of Christ's death and resurrection. This will be the testimony of the Paschal Mystery. The dialogue with the Sadducees, however, takes place in the pre-Paschal phase of Christ's messianic mission. The course of the conversation, according to Matthew chapter 22, verses 24 through 30, Mark chapter 12, verses 19 through 25, and Luke chapter 20, verses 28 through 36, shows that Christ, who particularly in the dialogues with his disciples, had spoken a number of times about the future resurrection of the Son of Man, see Matthew chapter 17, verse 9, 23, and chapter 20, verse 19, does not refer to this topic in the dialogue with the Sadducees. The reasons are obvious and clear. The discussion takes place with the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, as the evangelist stresses, that is, who cast doubt on its very possibility, and at the same time consider themselves experts on the scriptures of the Old Testament and its qualified interpreters. For this reason, Jesus appeals to the Old Testament and shows on its basis that they do not know the power of God. Regarding the possibility of the resurrection, Christ appeals precisely to that power that goes hand in hand with the testimony of the living God, who is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, and the God of Moses. The God whom the Sadducees deprive of this power is no longer the true God of their fathers, but the God of their hypotheses and interpretations. Christ, on the other hand, has come to bear witness to the God of life in the whole truth of his power that unfolds over man's life. And with these words, our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, concludes his 65th catechesis, Man and Woman, He Created Them, A Theology of the Body. To better appreciate and understand this 65th catechesis, it's good to, for us to remember where we've been and where we're going. The first part of the Theology of the Body is made up of three chapters. The first part of the Theology of the Body focuses on the words of Christ. What did Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, say while he was among us before his saving death and resurrection? The first chapter deals with Christ's appeal to the beginning. The Pharisees said, Moses permitted a decree of divorce. Jesus says, it was because of the hardness of your hearts that Moses permitted a decree of divorce. It was not that way in the beginning. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The original unity, the original innocence, the original holiness of that first couple, and then sadly, original sin and its sad consequences, including concupiscence, a tendency to do evil, a tendency to sin, even to sin with our bodies. And the second chapter focuses our attention on Christ's appeal to the human heart. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. I say whoever looks with that disordered look upon the other has already committed adultery in the heart. So not only are we called to be pure indeed, what we do with our bodies, but pure in our desires. Heart speaks to heart. Our Lord in his sacred heart calls us who are made in his image to be likewise pure in our hearts. 
This is the third chapter, however, and so now Christ appeals to us about the resurrection, and he appeals to the resurrection even before he himself rises. So that way when he will rise, when he did rise, it will be all the more powerful a witness. The Synoptic Gospels, Pope John Paul II assures us in this 65th Catechesis, are of one mind when it comes to this appeal to the resurrection he is not god of the dead but of the living pope john paul ii has said this third chapter of the first part of the theology of the body is the third part of the triptych and so we have a roman triptych part of his poetry the last poetry he wrote and published as pope as bishop of rome but here we see the third chapter of the first part of the theology of the body being called the third part of the triptych. So three different passages of sacred scripture, three different pericopes, statements of the Lord and the gospel. And we could even call this the Krakow triptych to distinguish it from the Roman triptych, his poetry of the latter years. This catechesis, however, which we have heard today, the 65th Catechesis, focuses our attention on witnessing to the power of the living God. Jesus addresses the Sadducees, and he tells them that they are mistaken, that they've got it wrong. They know not either the scriptures nor the power of God. All of the scriptures which speak of the Lord and the power of God, God who has made everything out of nothing, surely he can bring the dead back to life. The synoptics all address the encounter between Jesus Christ, true God and true man, and the Sadducees, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all address it, and they both address it primarily by highlighting the future resurrection of the body and the state of the bodies of risen human beings. Those are the two kernels which are the same in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What does it mean to speak of the future resurrection of the body? It means when I die, when you die, we're buried, dust unto dust, on the last day when the trumpet sounds. When Christ the Lord returns to judge the living and the dead, we get our bodies back, these self-same bodies. It hasn't happened yet. Drive by any cemetery. There are many dead people buried in cemeteries. The future resurrection points us to the end of time on earth, the second coming. What are the state of the risen human beings? What is the state of their bodies? Those who are brought to God in heaven will be impassable, will be immortal, will be agile, will be brilliant or clear. Those are the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas, which our Holy Father does not entirely explicate in this 65th Catechesis. But the Holy Father himself would recognize those teachings of St. Thomas immortality not to die again impassable not to suffer no more suffering there in heaven agility totally having our bodies subject to our souls when our lord is able to walk through the walls that's a part of his agility as a risen man in his resurrected body his glorified body now the state of the bodies of risen human beings who die in a serious state of sin well they will not die again Uh, They will suffer pains, not only in their soul, but in their bodies. That is proper to the damned. 
Pope John Paul II in his 65th Catechesis addresses faith in the resurrection. When we celebrate at Easter the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on the third day from his terrible passion, it's about him. He rose. But it's not only about him because we who have died with Christ have been raised with him in the waters of baptism. So faith in the resurrection is about Jesus's rising from the dead on the third day, but it's also about our rising on the last day. We pray in his mercy. If we die in friendship with Christ, with God, then it will go well with us on the last day, and we have everything to look forward to. Pope John Paul addresses faith in the resurrection in this 65th Catechesis, and indeed in this entire third chapter, Christ appeals to the resurrection. These are the words of Christ upon which Pope John Paul II focused his attention and our attention. Question of the resurrection. The Sadducees, they questioned, they actually doubted or denied that there was a resurrection. What's the old Sunday school song? Don't want to be a Pharisee, they're not fair, you see. Don't want to be a Sadducee, they're sad, you see. And they're sad because they don't believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. And so our Lord corrects them in the gospel. You are mistaken, you are wrong, you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. God who can do all things, surely he can give back life to these mortal bodies of ours. Pope John Paul II identifies in this 65th Catechesis that the expression resurrection of the body, which we use in the Creed, is first used by St. Clement and St. Justin. If you're interested in the origins of those expressions, there you have it. Ancient origins. It's not scriptural, so it's extra-biblical, but it is totally part of the traditio, sacred tradition. And when Pope John Paul II teaches about it in his Wednesday audiences, this pulls it into the sacred magisterium. We know from the dogmatic constitution on divine revelation of the Second Vatican Council, Dei Verbum, that the three, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the sacred magisterium, stand or fall together. We believe in the resurrection of the body. St. Clement and St. Justin, they assure us of it even as our Lord reminds us that God is not a God of the dead, but of the living, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when the Lord Jesus reminds those with whom he was speaking, the Sadducees, that God revealed himself to Moses by identifying himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it was God's appeal to the living, for they live in him. The Pharisees believe in the resurrection even if their belief in the resurrection was primitive. It was the Sadducees, however, who deny the resurrection. So, insofar as the Pharisees believe in the resurrection, we can see the Lord Jesus Christ aligned with them. Even if they were having trouble in the first chapter of the theology of the body, when they were denying the indissolubility of holy marriage. So we see our Lord is an equal opportunity corrector of faults. He corrected the Pharisees by his appeal to the beginning. And he corrects here the Sadducees by his appeal also, in a sense, to the beginning when Moses and God were speaking at the burning bush. In this third chapter of the first part of the Theology of the Body, the 65th Catechesis, Pope John Paul II reminds us that Jesus addresses mistakes in 
method and air of substance when it comes to the Sadducees understanding of the world to come the other world the mistaken method they don't know the scriptures they don't understand them they know the words but they don't know the meaning the error of substance they don't know the power of god god is all-powerful omnipotens in the latin what is there that god cannot do surely he who made everything out of nothing can return to life that which was once alive pope john paul ii assures us in this 65th catechesis that mere literal knowledge of scripture is not enough here we can see a reference perhaps to the 12th article of the dogmatic constitution on divine revelation of the second vatican council dei verbum where we read that sacred scripture must be interpreted in accord with the spirit by which it was inspired the same spirit which overshadowed our lady when she conceived the lord jesus in her virginal womb the same Holy Spirit who is the soul of Mother Church, who will lead us to the fullness of the truth. It's good for us to know literally what the scripture says. Jesus walked on the water. But why did he walk on the water? To remind us of holy baptism? To remind us of the Red Sea when Israel crossed dry shod? To remind us of our own saving baptism? The literal knowledge of sacred scripture is good and valuable and important, but it is not sufficient, and that's what Pope John Paul II is trying to get across in this third part of the triptych as he appeals to the resurrection with Christ our Lord. Christ who rose from the dead on the third day, even though this encounter with the Sadducees happened sometime before his saving passion and resurrection. The Sadducees were professional interpreters of sacred scripture, but Jesus Christ, who is the Word made flesh, he tells them they got it wrong. And so we have to be careful ourselves to always think with the church, which is the pillar and bulwark of the truth according to sacred scripture. We see a juxtaposition here in the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and also in the 65th Catechesis of the Holy Father, a juxtaposition of the interpretation of the Sadducees and the interpretation of Christ. We who call ourselves followers of the Lord Jesus Christ ought to prefer the interpretation of sacred scripture given us by the Redeemer, by the Word made flesh. And it should remind us that not all interpretation is created equal, as it were. Christ's interpretation of scripture far exceeds is much superior to that of the Sadducees. Pope John Paul II reminds us in this 65th Catechesis of the importance of a correct rereading of the Scriptures. We read sacred Scripture in faith. We read it in the obedience of faith, in continuity with the living tradition of the Church, and even in submission to the sure and certain teaching of Mother Church. For we know our Lord said, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And these words were spoken to the apostles, and their successors are the bishops in our midst, even until this day, even until Christ shall return in glory to judge the living and the dead. Let us be careful to always correctly read and reread the sacred scriptures. Let us be careful to always interpret sacred scripture 
with the church. Pope John Paul II in this 65th Catechesis, man and woman, he created them a theology of the body, reminds us that the giver of life is not bound by the law of death, which rules over man's earthly history. Death rules over our history as a consequence of original sin. But who is the Lord and the giver of life? Almighty God. And so when the Holy Father reminds us that the giver of life is not bound by the law of death, it means that we can rise on the last day. We can receive our mortal bodies back vivified, given new life, unending life. And that, in fact, is the true interpretation, the correct interpretation of sacred scripture, which Christ our Lord gives us in the Gospels. In this 65th Catechesis, Pope John Paul II is anxious that we be aware of the truth about immortality and the truth about the resurrection. When we rise on the last day, when the trumpet sounds, we shall die no more, either to glory in heaven or to punishment in hell. These same bodies will be raised. The speculation of St. Thomas Aquinas goes as far to say that if we died in youth, we would be risen at full stature. And if we were not in the prime of life or past it, we would be returned to it. If we were too skinny, we would be filled up. And if we were too large, we would be pared down in heavenly glory. If our hair was all fallen out, in glory we get it back. No need for spectacles on high, our sight will be perfect. These are theological speculations, but well-founded, for there is no want or need in heaven. The contrawise may well be the case on the other side. For those who do not rise to glory, but who rise unto condemnation, may we not be among them, and may they be, be few. Although the Lord Jesus Christ does warn us in the gospel that wide is the way, and many they who follow it unto perdition, which is another way to identify the destination which is not heaven. Here in this 65th Catechesis, Pope John Paul II preaches the good news, the resurrection of the Lord and our own future resurrection at the end of time on the last day. But while there is good news, there is also the other side of the coin. And he presents that too. He says, sin and bodily death have become man's lot. That's the sad news. That's the fall. That's original sin and its consequences. But God has not left us to our own devices. He has sent to us a Redeemer. And he is Christ the Lord who has overcome sin and death, that we might enjoy life on high with him forever. There were two passages in this 65th Catechesis which address the reasoning of Jesus Christ, the way he was thinking as depicted in the Synoptic Gospels. And Jesus' reasoning concerns immortality. He is speaking to us of the life to come, the life without end on high, with all his holy ones. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, not a God of the dead, but of the living. And we will live and move and have our being with him, not only in the here and now by grace, but also in his mercy on high. Jesus' reasoning process concerns immortality. 
Jesus' reasoning with the Sadducees addresses the resurrection of the body, the psychophysical unity of the person. This is what Israel knew. To say the resurrection of the body includes the body and soul, for they are one, the psychophysical unity of the person, of the being, this man, that woman, yourself, myself. This is what the Lord will raise on the last day. The question which the Sadducees addressed to the Lord Jesus Christ, whose wife will she be? Remember, she married all seven. The Lord's answer is that she will be wife to none of them in the world to come. For in heaven we are neither given nor taken in marriage. Marriage is for the here and now. And for those who are faithful in marriage, life on high awaits them. In the next catechesis, the Holy Father will address the new meaning of the body and its spiritualization in the resurrection, in the life of the world to come. Until next time, God bless you.